You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Lighthouse Look Back. My name is Noel Fogelman. Be sure to subscribe to the Lighthouse Hockey Channel on iTunes and wherever podcasts are found. Lighthouse Look Back is a podcast where we catch up with former Islanders, whether they have played one game or hundreds with the team. Keith Coin was undrafted out of Norwich University. The 5'8 forward turned pro in 2001 and played in the UHL, ECHL, and AHL that year. McCoy made his NHL debut with the Carolina Hurricanes during their Stanley Cup season of 2006. The Massachusetts native played three seasons in the organization before signing with the Washington Capitals. That's where Keith became an AHL legend, winning the Calder Cup with the Hershey Bears in back-to-back seasons, a coin led the AHL in scoring and was awarded the Les Cunningham Award as the league's most valuable player in the 2009-2010 season. A coin played 49 games over four seasons with the Capitals. He signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs in the summer of 2012. A coin was directly assigned to the Toronto Marlies of the AHL to start the season. While the NHL players were locked out, a coin scored 37 points in 34 games for the Marlies. After the lockout was settled, Coin was recalled to the Maple Leafs training camp. On assignment from the Marlies, he was claimed off waivers by the New York Islanders on January 17, 2013. Coin enjoyed his best NHL season with the Islanders, scoring six goals in 41 regular season games, both career highs. More than his stats, Coin provided a stable presence to a pre-greatest fourth line of all time and helped the Islanders reach the playoffs for the first time in six years. He added three assists in six games in the six-game loss to the Penguins that year. 
following the season, a coin signed the St. Louis Blues and eventually finished his career overseas. Keith fills us in on what he's been up to these days. Um, co- I'm coaching a junior team um, called the Boston Junior Rangers. Um, we're at Tewksbury, Massachusetts, and um, you know most kids are going to go to Division Three, um, but uh, you know if they're good enough, we'll move them on to go to Division One. But um, my good friend from uh, high school runs the program, and um, you know the year I retired, he was looking for a new coach, and kind of just fell on my lap, and so it's been good to stay in hockey, that's for sure. Yeah, so was coaching something that you thought about, you know, during your playing career that you would kind of look into, or it really just literally fell in your lap? Yeah, I mean, it was always in the back of my mind what coaching. I mean, it's the only thing I, I really know how to do. It's the only thing I've ever done um, is, is hockey. So, um, but, you know, I always felt that, you know, if I was going to coach, it was going to have to be the right situation. I didn't want to move my family around anymore. They've been doing it for, for so long. So it would have to be, you know, a coaching job that's in the area. Um, and, you know, like I said, this one totally lap. It's 20 minutes from my house. So, um, you know, it's, it's a good stepping stone to get into coaching and, and you know, it's helped me out a lot to be on the other side for the first time. So, um, but it's definitely, it depends on location, um, but I definitely enjoy helping these kids out. Right. And then, you know, like all the teams and, you know, coaches you had in the leagues you've been in, is there one particular coach that you've taken his style or something that you, your style is just something that you've, kind of worked on by, by yourself yeah I think it's more my style um, you know I kind of expect my guys to play kind of the way I I did um, so I guess it would have to be my style um, you know every coach is different you know I like to play I play more of an offensive system um, you know that's the kind of player I was but you know you still have to play the defense and be that type of player as well so um, I probably you know I have to say it's more of my system and um you know, every coach I ever, ever played for, you know, held each player accountable. And, you know, it's kind of the way I, I coach. You know, I co- hold every player accountable. Don't kind of, he has 50 goals or he has no goals. Every, every player, I treat the same way. And I think that's kind of the way I I was coached. And that's the way I, I'd want to be treated. So that's kind of the way I do it. So basically all your players are under six feet? <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I'd have to say that. Um, I always, I have an act of playing the smaller guys because I know it's harder for them and um, but I've got a couple of bigger kids but you know I always you know, want to get those little guys because I know they can play if they give a kid get, get a chance so uh, we definitely have a, quite a few small guys <laughs> right now just with you know everything going on you know coaching you know it's been coming out the last you know few months has have you had to be kind of like kind of watching you know what you've been doing or it's something that you just you know now is just you know forbidden you know what to do and not to do yeah I, I, it's never really crossed my mind when i was coaching to be honest like i've never i would never you know, put my hands on a player or anything right. like that um you know i think every player is different i mean like when i was playing every player you know reacts the way a coach coaches was yelling or whatever differently but you know I try not to yell. I don't. I'm not a yeller in the first place. But um, you know, that's that never crossed my mind. That's not the type of player I am or coach I am, to be honest. So um, yeah, it's never that never really crossed my mind, to be honest. Right now, after you know you played in college, you know Norwich. Uh, did you like ever think that you know playing professionally would be possible? You know, not just like in the NHL, but like anywhere. Was that was that the goal? Um. You know, my goal going into college was to, to play 
you know, pro hockey. I didn't know what level I would be able to get to. Um, but I just knew that if I got a chance that I could do it. Um, and it's probably the first, you know, my first year out of pro hockey when I got to try it with the low odd monsters and I went to training camp and I was playing against, you know, draft picks and, you know, scrimmaging uh, preseason games. You know, when I played in those games, I realized I could play at the HL level. Um, but I knew that it was going to be a little bit harder for me maybe to get a chance to do it. So I knew that when I did get my chance, I'd have to capitalize on it. And, you know, lucky enough, right? you know, the games that I played my first year with the little lock monsters, I played pretty well. And uh, Tom Rowe, who was the assistant coach there and GM there, um, really liked the way I played. And, you know, he gave me my first contract. So I owe a lot of my career to Tom Rowe, uh, who's a uh, coach in Austria now. But, you know, he gave me my first contract. and. Um, he really liked the way I played. So um, I think when you come from Division Three or you're not a draft pick, you know, your road might be a little longer and you might only get one chance or two chances. You really have to capitalize on those chances. And, you know, lucky enough, I was able to do that. Yeah, and you, you kind of lucked out, you know, first playing in Lowell and then Providence. So you were kind of, you know, still in the New England area, so close to home. So that must have been nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I think, you know, when I was my first year, when I got called up to log on, so I just lived at home, which was about 10 minutes from my house. Um, you know, my family and friends were able to come watch me. And, um, you know, when I played for Providence the following year, you know, I was a big Bruins fan. So, you know, going to go and play for them was, you know, pretty cool. You know, and it was only an hour away from home. My parents could, came down every weekend to our games. So it was nice to be home, you know, close to home my first couple of years, kind of made the transition easy. Um, but it was definitely a cool experience to be able to play in front of my family and friends almost every weekend. Right, and that the first year you played with Lowell, that's when they, they switched over to Carolina, right? Um, yes, the first year the first year I was there, they were, they were just Carolina, and then the second year I ended up being there was uh, Carolina and Colorado. Okay. Now, I think. Yeah, is that, that I was, think. That was, a, that was a long time ago. I'm right. trying to remember. Yeah. I th- actually, no, I think I think they're Carolina, and then uh, we moved to Albany. Okay. So that's when they became Colorado and uh, Carolina. So it was kind of a split. So it was kind of weird, actually. Yes. How does that like I mean, like work? I mean, especially for the coaching staff, that's got to be difficult. I mean, you have two like basically organizations telling them what to do, who to play. I mean, that's got to be difficult. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I mean, it was, that was a weird year because we ended up, at, at that time, I think you you could dress, you know, five veterans. You know, you're called a veteran after 250 AHL games, right. I think it was. And I think we had, you could only dress five or six, and we had nine. So it was a real si- weird situation. I'm sure it was really tough for the coaches. Like, you know, I'm sure they're getting pressure from both organizations to play whoever it was in the lineup. But um, it was definitely a, a weird situation. And, you know, you had to... You go to training camp with Carolina, and then you, you know you get sent down, and then you have to you know pretty much meet a whole new team of guys. So, you know, chemistry wise and everything like that was kind of hard for the players as well. But definitely a different situation that you don't really see anymore. Yeah, absolutely. But then, like you know, you, you played in like you know so many AHL cities. Like, what which one was your favorite to play in? Uh, it would have to be Hershey. Um, yeah. I was there for four years, right. but um. You know, you have like ten to twelve thousand people every night for home games, and um, even when I played there on the road when I was a, a visiting player, it was always packed there. It was always a good uh, atmosphere. So um, they have a great, great fan base there. It was definitely, that's probably the best place to play. It, you know, in that at that level for Hershey, or even when you're on the road to go there and play the atmosphere, you can't beat. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I experienced my first game there, you know, a few months ago, and it was, yeah, it was a fantastic ex experience. You know, th that arena is top notch, and it just, it's a great atmosphere for the fans to, you know, to sit there and watch a game. Yeah, it is. I mean, that, I mean, you go to the store. I mean, you get treated like you know you're an NHL player there. You know, like they know who you are. You go food shop and you right. get noticed. So it's a cool, it's a great place to play. It's a great place to raise the family. And like I said the fans are top notch there. I can't beat it. Yeah. So, what was your first game like when you got called up to play with Carolina? And how long did you, how long did your family have to you know travel to kind of wait and to watch you? Yeah, I think it was. You know that's a that's a call. No, like I was in I was in Hartford. We were staying over in Hartford. Um, I got a call from Tom Rowe at like seven in the morning. Um, you know, my first call was right to my parents, and I had to get to Boston right away. So actually, my dad and my mom drove down an hour and a half to Hartford, Connecticut, to pick me up, and they drove me to Boston. We got on a, on a flight, um, but they weren't able, they weren't able to make the game just because of work and everything. So, um, but that's just one of those games you never forget. Um, I, I wasn't a nervous player. I never got nervous for games. Right. I remember that game. At, you know, sitting in my stall, my hands and sweating, and you know, it was like you know, seven years of pro hockey before I got the call. So um, it was a, definitely a, a moment I'll never forget. Yeah, I, I could imagine. And then just you know, hanging around, you know, being part of the Black Aces, you know, watching that whole uh, Stanley Cup, you know, playoffs unfold. I mean, that must have been. You know, I know you get into the playoff games, but you, you got a ring and you to celebrate. That must have been an unreal experience. Yeah, it was awesome. They treated, you know, all of us you know, like we were a part of the team. We, we travel with them. We practice with them. Um, so you really couldn't be it. I mean, they didn't have to do that, you know. Um, but just watching, just you learn so much from those. And it's such an older team. And just you learned how much everything, every shift, every mistake you made in the playoffs, you know, meant something. And, um to go through that and you know win game seven uh they had my dad there and you know we got some really cool pictures um you know my dad and my dad was probably the most excited i've ever seen him to be honest so um, it was a really cool experience the experience with him yeah and then you know that team you know, had it basically brought a couple uh you know future nhl coaches rob rob bring the board coach them now uh, you know doug Waite, who uh you yeah. know, former Islander coach uh, you know, playing with those two guys, do you think that they were actually going to be head coaches in the league? Um, I, yeah, I think so. I think the way Rod Brindamore played, you, you know, the way he worked, the way he worked every day in the weight room and on the ice, and the way he communicated with players, you could see him as a guy that was going to be a coach. Because um, I could have to see him. And same with same with Dougie. You know, I got to play with Doug Wade, and I got to play fun as a coach. Um, but he's one of the he's probably one of the best best, you know, guys, personal guys in the game of hockey that I ever came across. Um, still, you know, when I retired a couple of years ago, he shot me a text to congratulate me on my career. Um, so that was the type of guy he was. So I definitely could see him, both of those guys as coaches. Yeah. And then, you know, playing with, you know, with the Capitals, you know, and then Hershey. But then you sign with the Marlies, you know, during the strike shortened year, and then all of a sudden you get claimed by the Islanders. Um, you know, Garth Snow had like a, a waiver, you know, spree that one week picking up you, uh, Brian Stray, I think Joe Finley and uh, Thomas Hickey. How surprised are you to be, you know, selected by the Islanders? And do you think that was a good opportunity for you in your career? Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised. I mean, <clears throat> leading up to a year, you know, for seven, six, seven years, I 
you know, I had to clear waivers every time I got called up or, or, or sent down. I never got picked up. And it's actually funny because my good friend just signed with the Marlins um, the night before, okay. Mike Motto. And, right. um, you know, when the strike ended over, we were getting ready to go on a bus trip to somewhere. And I was like, you're going to get picked up. There's no doubt about it. And then, um, honestly, an hour later after lunch, I got the phone call saying I got picked up. So I was definitely surprised. And, um, you know, I'd never been traded or, or picked up on waivers before. So it was a definitely a different experience. I just had a baby. Right. Um, so it was, it was strange. But it was obviously, you know, you're going to play for the New York Islanders, going to play the NHL. So it was definitely a good call to get. Yeah. Or, I mean, and you said before you were never clean, but was it ever like a nerve wracking experience like those uh, 24 hours for you? Uh, no, I think I, maybe the first couple of times, but after that, I just got used to it. Right. I just like, I'm not, I'm not going to get picked up anyway. So, when that noon came the next following day, I didn't really expect it. So, yeah. um, but the, the first couple of times around waivers, kind of like, you're kind of sitting around waiting for something to happen. Right. Did your family like travel, or your wife at the time? Then you know, your 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 newborn. Did they travel with you? You know, to each city, when when you got you know signed to a different team or you know picked up by the Islanders, or were they just home? Yeah, well, we were, you know we had an apartment in Toronto. Um, we got picked up on waivers, so as soon as that happened, um, we went back to Boston uh, for a couple of weeks until I got settled and got the apartment in New York, and then they came down with me uh, for the rest of the year. Um, but, you know, my wife and, you know, after that year, both kids and my wife came where we were. You know, after that year, we went to, I was in Chicago the following year. We were in Chicago. Then we went to Switzerland for a year and then three years in Munich. So we were always together, traveling together. Right. Now, the year of the Islanders, you know, you were up there you know, the entire year. I mean, you, you started off great, had a couple of goals right off the bat. Uh, you know, they didn't make the playoffs in seven years up until that year. They make the playoffs and big series against the Penguins, and unfortunately they lost, but the Coliseum was rocking, you know, the start of that playoffs. I mean, that had to be, like, an unreal experience, just hearing all that noise in the locker room in Game 3. Yeah, you know, that was probably the best, you know, the best atmosphere I ever played in. Um, you know, we went out for, I remember we went out for warm-ups, and the place was pretty much full already, and you could, you could feel the excitement in the crowd. Um, yeah, really, I thought we had a really good chance to win that series. It kind of fell a little bit short, but... Um, you know, we got a lot of momentum. We got a lot of fuel from the fire those first two games at the Coliseum that series. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, they, the game three was a noon start. I mean, people will probably tell getting at 6 a.m. I mean, it's, you know, a raucous crowd, uh, you know, unfortunate, you know, overtime loss. But that, that, that series really, you know, put the Islanders on the map again and showed that they were kind of, you know, a team to be reckoned with. I mean, unfortunately, it didn't work out the next year. But it was, you know, you guys really took. Pittsburgh to the limit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had a really close group that year. Um, you know, we had a lot of confidence. We had a great, great leadership group with, with John, and um, you know, it was just we had a, we had a lot of confidence going into that series. Um, you know, I thought we played really you know good enough to win that series. Just came up a little bit short, but um, I remember like every home game, we, we we all stayed in the hotel across the street from the Coliseum. Oh, right. You know, 10 in the morning, you see everybody out there ready to go for the game. So, um, kind of got you fired up to get ready for that game that night. But, you know, we had a, we had a really good run. Losing that game and that series was, you know, disappointing because we, we all felt pretty confident going into that series. Yeah. For you, who was, like, the biggest character on that team? Ooh, biggest character. That's a good question. Jeez. Um... 
Did I say Brent Thompson? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Tom, he's, he's, I, Tom, I mean, I play, I play with Brent, um, you know, I think both three of them in the province. We play together, too. So, uh, But he's just a great guy. It's hilarious. And I feel like every team should have a guy like him around the locker. It just, it's just fun to go to the rink every day. Yeah, no, he he's a character. I spoke to him a lot. You know, now he's coaching obviously in Bridgeport, so I've you know spoke with him a, a few times. Yeah, he, he's totally a character. You know, along with him, Matt Carpenter, who's an assistant coach too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy too. And my my wife and I mean I, I played with the guy Brian Helmer for a couple of years in Hershey. Right. They're related, so um, you know my wife became good friends with them, so we got to hang out a lot. Right. Yeah. So then the season ends. Uh, your contract's up. Was there ever? You know, a talk about re-signing with the Islanders? Uh, yeah, I mean, I really wanted to come back. Um, I definitely wanted to come back. I was confident that I thought I played. You know, I had a really good start to the season, and then, um, you know, in the playoff run, in the playoffs, you know, our line was really good. So um, I really wanted to come back, and, um, you know, it just didn't work out that way. But I would have loved to have come back there. Um, me and my family loved it there, and they gave me a good chance to play that year. So, um you know, it's just the way it goes sometimes, but um, but I definitely I loved my time there. I would love to have come back. Yeah, we would have loved to have you because you know you were great and you in the playoffs. You know that whole that line you guys were on was was fantastic. Uh, That's why they make the playoffs next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know what? I mean, they, they Lemonol should call you now. They need some scoring. You know, yeah. <laughs> I could still work the half ball in the power play. Yeah, exactly. You know, you pl- play on Matt Barzal's wing, you'll be you'll be all right. <laughs> there you go. Take that. Yeah. Now, like you've had like you know like, a distinguished you know AHL career, um, and you ever thought about like them even like inducting you into the AHL Hall of Fame? Um. Yeah. Cause my you know my wife and my kids bring it up all the time. Um. And I just saw Darren Hayter. I think going in this year. Um, but you know, until the end of my career, a lot of a lot of those questions always came up when I was, you know, getting into the top ten of scoring and all that stuff. And um, so it, was, it would definitely be an honor to do that. I mean, it's not, it doesn't matter what league you're in. If you're in the Hall of Fame, you, you did something right. And you know, I was able to play with a lot of good players and had a lot of good coaches that helped me improve while I was in the AHL. And um, if, if that day ever comes, it'd be a great honor too. To go there. Yeah. So then, um, what made you uh, head out to Europe? Um, the following year, when I was in, you know, St. Louis, and ended up only playing two games, the last two games of the year. Um, you know, my goal was, you know, when I stopped playing the NHL or wasn't getting called up or wasn't full time in the NHL, that it would be a good time to go to Europe as I was getting older and see the world a little bit. And you know, I was playing two games and. With St. Louis that year, I decided it was time to go, and um, you know, it was a good chance to you know, end my career. For that. you know, I, I didn't know how many years that I had left, um, but you know, I always said when I was in NHL games, it was time to go over there, and you know, it was a lot easier on your body playing less games and able to see the world a little bit. So that was kind of my mindset, you know, towards the end of my career. Right, and and your kids were still young enough, right, where you, they weren't in school that you can take them to Europe. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my oldest was only, you know, two, I think, at the time. Okay. And my, you know, my youngest was born while I was in Switzerland. So um, they were both pretty young at the time. We didn't have to worry about school till, you know, my last year in Germany. Right. Were there um, a lot of imports on those teams, that you, you know, players that you knew of? Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my 
each country is different with influence. Um, Switzerland, you're only allowed to have four. Um, you know, I, I got to play with Alex Giroux. I played with her. She played three years. Um, Adam Hall is in Switzerland with me. Um, and then when you go to, like, Germany, you have ten imports, so it's a little bit different. But, um, you know, most of the guys, most of the imports are playing in the AHL, NHL, so if you didn't know them personally, most of the imports you knew somehow by playing against. Right. And then, you know, of course, you had, had to win another championship, in, you know, in, in Europe. So, like, every league you're in, you got to win a championship. I mean, you know, it's, you're, you're selfish, you know? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got, I got lucky to put on some good teams. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to win a championship. You know, I think in my last championship was 09 in, in Hershey, and then I didn't want another one until 2015. So, I mean, that's why you play to win championships. There's nothing better than winning, you know, pushing the trophy at the end of the season with your teammates so I mean that's why I played I love the competition I love winning and um, you know I was able to win three in a row in Germany and, and then retire so you know tough way to go better way to go than that right and the, with the AHL I mean you know it's it's a great league but you know I know the East Conference plays just the Eastern Conference you know they keep the conference separate due to travel so you see the same teams like 12 15 times do you think they really should kind of expand it to see, like, the rest of each team sees, you know, at least a couple Western Conference teams a year? Yeah, I think it'd be good. I mean, you, you get sick of playing the, the same guys over yeah. and over again, and I think that's why a lot of, you know, it's probably a little bit different now, but you played you played some teams 10 times a year, and then you, know, you end up having a lot of fights and all right. that stuff. But I think that was the cause of that kind of stuff, but, I mean, it's probably different now. You know, fighting's not as much anymore. Uh, but I think just for, just to get out and, play different teams and, and see different cities, I think it'll be good for, for players to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. But Keith, but at, the, at, the, at the end of the day, uh, it, a lot of it comes down to finances. Of course. Uh, I think that's the big, the big thing. But, you know, a team in California now would be great for a team like Hershey to fly out to California for a weekend, you know? So, yeah. Because you don't really get to do that. So, that'd be pretty cool trip right. for, for guys. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have to make the All-Star game this year because I think the game's out in California just to do that. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, coaching-wise, like, where do you see yourself? Like, what's your goal? To be coaching in the AHL or be assistant in the NHL? What's your goal? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. It kind of comes back to it has to be the right situation for me. Not right. This coaching right now is just perfect for me. I'm 20 minutes from home, and um, I don't want to move a family around anymore. I think they're comfortable being home. And, so if there's a college around here that, that gives me a call, or a, you know, obviously if an NHL team calls you, then you're gonna you're gonna respond. So um, kind of just playing it by year right now. I like what I'm doing right now, and the kids are having fun at the school and playing for their teams here. So kind of wait and see, and, and and we'll go from there. Yeah. Have you have any uh, players on your on your team now, like uh, committed to Buffalo State College? Uh, I do not, but I know there's there's one team that one kid on my team that. It's from the New York area that wants to go there. And oh. They like them, so oh, he hasn't funny. committed there yet. So the possibility. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I'm, I'm an I'm an alum there, so that's why I asked. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I, they like a couple of kids on my team, so. Okay, no, that's definitely a possibility. Oh, that's good. Yeah, hopefully it'll work out. Yeah. 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 But Keith, this was great. I really appreciate your time today, and best of luck with your season. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for giving the opportunity, and you know, go Islanders. And a special thanks to Keith Coin for joining me today. Have a guest suggestion? Hit me up on Twitter at the first Noel 19 or at lighthousehockey.com. Be sure to check out all the great shows on Lighthouse Hockey. PT Isles, Islanders Anxiety, Isles Buzz, My Favorite Islander Game, Islanders Award Winners, and of course, Lighthouse Look Back.
Look for a new episode real soon. Until then, see you next time.